many of you like, how many of you have ever been to a circus? Anyone ever been to a circus there? Alright, anyone been to a circus? Alright, some of you alright? Alright, I want you to raise your hand and mouth, and your hands don't talk, mouths talk, right? So you don't need to. I want to see, alright? I want to see a boat. Does the circus thrill you, that you like the circus? Who likes the circus? Anyone like the circus? Alright, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, about seven hands, but who thinks they like the circus? How many of you think the circus freaks you out? <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six. All right, seven, all right. How many of you have never been to a circus? Some of y'all might be in a, anyway, y'all might be in a circus already, right? You know the circus is, right? Who doesn't know what a circus is? Now, I don't know, when I was your age, I was made to go to circus when I was in school. And you'd have a school day where... Kids would go to the circuit. They must be don't do it anymore. I had no choice but to go. All right. So why all y'all ain't been in the circuit? Y'all duck. Y'all duck it. Anyway, last question. All right. And I just want you to put up your number. Right. So it's two, one, two, three, four, five. On a scale of one to five, how much does clowns freak you out? <laughs> all right. Zero. Five, five, four, zero, one. All right. Five. All right. So, all right. All right. Majority, listen. Majority of you, majority of you here put your hand up and say that frown, I mean clowns, probably didn't make you frown at the same time, right? They might, they, they scare you, right? Clown, clowns, for some reason, they just are very, you, people either like them or they don't like them. There's no in-between, right? It's, a, it's only you either like them or you don't. I want to ask a question. How many of you have ever heard of P.T. Barnum? Anyone ever heard of P.T. Barnum? All right, P.T. Barnum, right? P.T. Barnum, if you watch The Greatest Showman, he is the star of that. That's what it was based on. But P.T. Barnum, let me tell you about P.T. Barnum. All right, this is how the circus started. All right, what he did was this, right? There were a lot of people who felt like they didn't fit. They didn't know where they fit in the world. They didn't know where they fit in society. And what he did is he chose them to be a part of his circus act. Outcasts, people who wanted nothing to do, you know, people didn't want nothing to do with these people, some of them, you know, they were weird. You know, all these things, no one wanted nothing to do with them. But P.T. Barnum took these guys from all sorts of different backgrounds and said, you know what? I want to bring them together to perform the greatest show on earth, which was the circus at that time. You see, the reality for us tonight, as we consider this and we look a little bit to this, is there are some people in this room tonight who, let's be honest, to society, you might be a freak. To society, you might be not wanted. You might be weird. You know, people will think, well, you know, I don't want to do with that person. What we want to look at for the next couple of weeks is to find ourselves 
Where and who do we identify with? You see, when we think of us as Christian people, the reality is that we don't fit in this world. We should never get comfortable in this world. You see, a lot of us identify with different things. A lot of us identify with our favorite sports teams, which mine is the Chicago Bears. So I would wear a shirt or whatever to say I pull for that team. Some people have hats like the Miami Dolphins. They like the Miami Dolphins. They identify with these teams. They want to say, I pull for that team. You see, in the scheme of all of these things, though, you know, I like sports. You know, I, I like to watch it. I like to pull for teams. But in reality, that has nothing to do with life. The only thing that has to do with life is this. Either I'm in Christ or I'm not in Christ. Either I have a relationship with Christ or I don't have a relationship with Christ. Either I identify with Christ or I identify with the world. There's no in between. But I think sometimes we think that we can fit in both. I think sometimes we think that, you know what? When I'm at church, I can be this way. Because people are watching me and they know me and I'm going to be this great person for them to see. But behind closed doors, we're the complete opposite. We're different. You see, tonight, wherever you come from, whatever situation that you are in, because I know what happens sometimes, especially right now in your lives, some of you are trying to find where do I fit in? Who do I identify with? Well, let me just say this as we look at God's Word. We're going to look at three different sections. We're going to look at what God says, and we're going to look at I am and I will. So God said in Genesis 1, 27 to 31. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Verse 28. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, on earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given for food. Next verse, 31. And I've, given, I've given every green plant for food. And God saw everything that he made. And behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Now let me just say this. In the story of creation, God created different things. And God said it was what? Good. But when God created man and woman on the sixth day, it changed. What did he say? It was very good. You see, God has created us for a purpose. He's created us for a reason. He's created us for 
in His image. What is the image of God? The image of God is perfection. He trusted man to say, you know what? I want you to have dominion over pets and animals and plants. You see, when we consider the whole spectrum of what man was before the fall, man was perfect. Man loved to work. Man loved to, to be in the yard weeding and all this stuff. Well, actually, there was no weeds, but man did love to be doing all this stuff. They didn't care about sweating. It was just a thing we did. You see, we were made in God's image. And I am very good. Each one of us in this room were made in God's image. Not some of us, but all of us were made in God's image. The question is, do we treat each other like we're made in God's image? Do we consider ourselves to be very good? Do we consider ourselves to be a gift? Let's continue on to see what God says in Romans 5, 6 to 8. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one scarcely died for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God showed his love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now, the Bible doesn't say that God let us get good, let us get all things right, and then he sent his son to die for us, right? What did it say? He sent, us when, he sent his son when we were what? Hmm? Still sinners. When we were weak. When we didn't want nothing to do with him. He didn't say, all right, you know what? Get things right, and then I'm going to come send my son. No, no. It also said he died at the what time? Right time. The right time. You see, none of us in this room could have saved ourselves. No one. It even talks about how one might die for even a good person. But let me ask you a question. Any of you could die for your enemy? Any of you could jump in the front and say, let me take the bullet for you, man. I don't like you, right? But I can take a bullet for you. No. You're not going to do that. But guess what? Hold on. Guess what? That's what God did for us. God did that for you and for me. He did that when we wanted nothing to do, when we were powerless, when we were ungodly, when we were sinners. But we saw in verse 8 that He loved us. He loved us enough to send His Son to die for us. He loved us enough to make a way for us to be His children. He loved us enough to say, you know what? I don't want you to stay there. I want you to be different. So God said in Genesis 1, 27 and 31, we're made in God's image and we're very good. God said in Romans 5, 6 and 8, we're powerless, ungodly sinners and loved. And God said in Romans 6, 6, 15 verse 7 and John 1, 12, we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Now, let me stop there. Now that I'm a Christian, 
Do I still sin? I do, right? I'm not perfect. But there's a difference. There's a difference because I haven't, I'm not enslaved to my sin. I'm not enslaved to, to my sin anymore. I'm a slave of Christ. I should be different. I should live more like Him. I should show people that, hey, I'm different. You see how we talked about how they started circus with people who were, you know, not fit for the society, who were outcasts, who wanted nothing to do with anything? It's what Christ did with us. He took outcast people who say, you know what? I don't want nothing to do with the world. I want something to do with Christ. And right now, we're not going to fit in. We're not going to be in this world and be like comfortable and be, oh, yes, I love what's going on around me. I love to see all these people dying. I love to see these fires that are happening. I love to see these earthquakes. I love to see, that's not what we're going to happen. But we need to have a heart for people. We need to have a heart for those around us. It says in Romans 15 verse, no, 15, verse 7, Therefore welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Let me ask a question. If I had to have a video camera in your mind, and I played that on this screen for everyone to see. What would people see? I didn't actually know. I didn't actually respond. What would they see? Listen, all right, listen. Or listen. What if I had to listen? What if I had to follow you around everywhere you went and you didn't know I was there? And I saw everything you did. Would I be pleased at what you did? All right. Listen. The reality is, is this. God sees everything you do. You can't hide from God. You can hide from me, you can hide from your parents, you can hide from anyone else, but you can't hide from God. God sees right through this. He sees the fakes, he sees the phonies, he sees the people who put on the show. When we consider, maybe we technically are the circus because we're giving God a bad name. Because we think it's a game. And the last verse we're going to look at is John. 1 verse 12 says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Let me ask a question, right? Because I know there are some people in this room. Listen, I want, I want your attention, all right? If you're listening to nothing I said already, pay attention. There are some people in this room who parents may have gotten divorced. Some people in this room who may not know who their mom or their dad is. They don't live with them. And you may say, you know what? 
you, you don't understand my life. It's difficult. But what if I was to tell you this? That you could have a father who is perfect, a father who loves you, a father that isn't going to say to you that I don't want nothing to do with you. I don't want to see you. I don't want you to even mention that I'm your dad. Or have a father like God who says, you know what, I want you to be my children. I want you to say that you are a child of mine. The reality is that if tonight, if you're in this room, you accepted Christ, your Lord and personal Savior, you know that you are a child of God. So I want to first of all talk to those people who would consider themselves a child of God. And I want you to understand something. That if you say that you are a child of God, do people see that? Do people know that you're a child of God? You see, the last part that says, I will. What are you going to do? What is it that you're going to do because you are a child of God? You see, we need to understand that that's who we represent as, as children of God. We represent Christ. That's who we are to look like. That's who we are to portray that's who we should follow as we study His Word. But there are some of you in this room tonight that you know that you're not a child of God. And you know what? You could only be a child of God or a child of Satan, the world. There's only two sides of the coin. You're either with Christ or you're not. And I want to challenge you tonight, if you don't know Christ, your Lord and personal Savior, and when you consider your life and you consider, you know what, well, Pastor Nick, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know the hate that I have. You don't know people don't like me. But I've just read to you in, from Scripture that, you know what, you are loved by God. That God loved you so much that He would send His Son to die for you when you wanted nothing to do with Him. I can be honest with you. I may come around you and I try to talk to you, but guess what? If I come try to talk to you four or five times and you don't pay me no mind, I'm probably going to leave. But God is different. Because He's pursuing you no matter what. No matter if you reject Him a hundred times, He still wants a relationship with you. What I want to do is I want to play a song. And I want you to listen to the words of the song. And I want you to ask yourself. Because you know we sang in the second song, we talked about how we are loved. Who, and, and it isn't who the world says I am. But it's who God says I am. I am loved. I am forgiven. The last song we talked about is how, you know, he's not going to forsake us. I want us to re listen to the song and read the lyrics.
first degree Son of God hanging on him Hell was my destiny The crowd was shouting crucify Could have come from these lips of mine The dirty shame was killing me It would take a miracle to wash me clean Then I See, when we consider just what the song is saying, Christ died for us. He took our place on the cross. And you see, we need to recognize that we were slaves of sin. But today for us who know Christ, as our person say, we are slaves to Christ. And who better to be a slave for than Him? So I would challenge you tonight, if you don't know the Lord as your personal Savior, and you would like to know more about how to know him as your Lord and Savior, please talk to me. Talk to your small group leader. 
Because that's the greatest decision that you can make. The greatest show is in the Super Bowl. The greatest show is what Christ did on the cross for our sins. And the reality is that he didn't stay dead. But he's alive and well. And he wants our relationship with you. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace and mercy. Thank you that we can identify in you. And Father, I pray that you would just continue just to be honored in our lives. I pray you'd help us to just see, see you. And we would recognize that, Father, we can just, as we think of life, there's so many difficult things. And, Father, we can give up hope, but we realize that we have a hope in you, that you are our anchor. And, Father, I pray that you would just continue to be with us tonight as we go into our small groups, that you would be honoring our time together. And we just thank you and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.